You're listening to WERA LP Arlington 96.7 FM. Answer the question of why the president asked the White House press secretary to come out in front of the podium for the first time and utter a falsehood. Why did he do that? It undermines the credibility of the entire White House press office no, on day don't one. Be so, don't be so overly dramatic about it, Chuck. What it, it, you're saying it's a falsehood, and they're giving Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. But the point remains that there's... Facts? Alternative facts, four of the five facts he uttered. The hey, one Chuck, thing he why, got hey, right Chuck. was Zeke Miller. Four of the five facts he uttered were just not true. Look, alternative facts are not facts. They're falsehoods. You are listening to WERALP 96.7 FM in Arlington. This is Enlighten Me. I am your host, Andrea Cambron. And wow, what a week so far. It is only Wednesday, but already executive orders are flying out of the administration faster than you can type. Whoa, the new president is proving he will rule with an iron fist. On the show today, Adele Stan, she is a contributor to the American Prospect, will talk about the Women's March and the March of Resistance, the largest march uh, following a presidential inauguration uh, so far. We'll talk to her about what we need to do to move forward and talk about her recent piece on intersectionality and feminism. All right, so when we return, we will talk to Adele Stan. She is a contributor to the American Prospect. She has a recent piece called Hold the Mansplaining. The resistance is being led by women. We will talk to her about that piece as well as others, and we will get her thoughts on how the march went for her as well as steps to uh, move forward. And when we return on Enlighten Me, I'm your host, Andrea Cambron. You're listening to WERALP 96.7 FM. You are listening to WERALP 96.7 FM. This is Enlighten Me. I am your host, Andrea Cambron. And this weekend, it was Ladies' Night, or Ladies' Day, I should say, when the Women's March on Washington on Saturday drew 5.4 million, estimates are saying, between 4.2 and and 5.4 million people around the world to talk about feminism and to talk about steps to resist. On today's program, we have Adele Stan. She is a contributor to the American Prospect and she has a recent piece called, I love this title, Hold the Mansplaining. The resistance is being led 
by women. Thank you so much, Adele, for joining me today. Great to be with you, Andrea. So, I mean, first, give me your thoughts on on the march in general. Before we go, we head to the article. Uh, give me your thoughts uh, on the the march. Uh, what you saw, what you experienced, how it was. Um, you know, just give me your thoughts in general. Well, you know, I, I think it was just a magnificent, a magnificent moment yeah. uh, in history. And to be part of it was just great. And I went as a participant. I really did. I did not bring my notepad. I yeah. did not bring my badges. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> yeah. No, I, really, yeah. Right? I wanted to just be in the moment. Yeah. Right. Be in the moment. Mm-hmm. Represent yourself as part of this thing. Yeah. As part of this resistance. As part of a womanist movement. As part of a feminist movement. As yeah. part of as part of a, a movement that wants to save the planet, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, it was in so many ways, as you've heard from so many people, it was absolutely exhilarating. And to see people walking in generational groups, right? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, you'd see a grandmother, a mom, and, and the grandbaby all yeah. together, you know? Yeah. I saw two women... African-American women pushing strollers with little toddlers, yeah. you know, in the strollers, little girls. One one held a sign uh, that said, stop violence against black girls. Yeah. Um, I mean, wow. <laughs> the, you know, the signs were one of the things that caught my eye the, the most. I mean, you know, other than the um, love trumps hate or the official signs from the march, People made signs from all over, you know, uh, uh, shouting their beliefs uh, in different various platforms. And so creatively, right? Uh, yeah, and so creatively. There was so much art. I mean, there was so much art in this, on display in this uh, gathering, in the signage that people carried, in the way that they chose to dress. Yeah. I mean, it was truly, um, you know, a, a creative spontaneous outpouring. Now, that said, (laughs) (laughs) this whole thing was not without some tensions, right? Right. Of course. Of course. And of course, I even felt, you know, some of that with, um, you know, the contingent that I marched within. Those wounds are not yet healed. And I'm talking about about tension between, um, you know, the tension that exists uh, re- concerning race, particularly yes. African American women, in the women's movement. Yes, and this has been an issue as long as I've been in the women's movement. <laughs> and I've been in the women's movement a long time. Well, and and that, you know, and I uh, I have similar concerns. I mean, you know, the the thing about. Um, the Women's March on Washington, um, it, you know, the the fact that it was originally called the Million Women's oh March. Oh, my goodness, what a misstep. Um, and, and the fact that um, even the the latter title of the Women's March on Washington, right? Uh, you know, it feels Columbus to a certain extent because the original March on Washington was about equality. And even though this was as well... Uh, you know, th- there's something said about um, co-opting titles, right? Um, and, and it, it, it's the, the appropriation of somebody of a movement that was built uh, at, uh, under 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 threat of death. Yes, <laughs> yes, by yes by African American people, right? I yes, mean, and that is for real. And and you know, we really need to be conscious of this and we cannot be true 
egalitarians. We yeah. cannot be be truly promote the values we purport to hold. Yeah. Unless we develop this consciousness. Yeah. And yeah. uh, you know, I I really I really ask my my white sisters to you know just I'm not saying walk on eggshells because you won't learn anything walking on eggshells. Right. You know. Right. And we are going to make mistakes because yeah. we've been segregated from each other for so long. Don't be afraid to make the mistake. The, tr- the trick is to listen. Yeah. To listen. If you've made the mistake. Listen to yeah. what you get back. Listen to what people are telling you. Listen to what African American women who have been walking through this fire from the beginning of the republic. Listen to what they have to say about the way we behave and also how to build a movement. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, and that, and that's what I'm a proponent of having the conversation. You know, one of the things that I set out to do, uh, you know, m- maybe as unsuccessfully or successfully as I, I wanted to in, in uh, this past weekend was to to have that conversation, right? Uh, we engaged a couple of people and one of the things that I um, asked them while I was there was to, to say, hey, now, now that you have this great feeling, from the march now that you have have you know been in this sisterhood of all these people with the pink hats and the, everything will you go back to your con- conservative friends and relatives and start to have that conversation wow. with them and you know the 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 responses weren't surprising only one person out of the lot that I talked to um said that they would that they were willing to but it's it's very you know it it is telling Right. And it is telling for black women that say, OK, you've gone to this march and you have, you know, said that we want to fight for equality. But when we ask you, hey, this is how you could help us fight for equality. Your response is, I'm too scared. No, I can't do it. Ah, what wow. were what were some of the, the things if you if you got a chance to talk to some of the people um, outside of your cohort? What were some of the things that you caught them saying? Well, you know, I didn't, I, I, I must confess, I did not do a lot of talking. <laughs> I did a lot of chanting. <laughs> but, you know, what I did see were a lot of white suburban women mm-hmm. for whom protesting is not, you know, a regular yeah. activity yeah. in that space. And, and that is important mm-hmm. because... If you look at the breakdown of the exit polls um, and who elected Donald J. Trump, right? Yeah. A majority of white women voted for Trump. Yeah. A slim majority, but a majority nonetheless. And whether it was a majority or a large plurality, that's way too many. Um, this, these are women voting against women's rights, voting against the interests of women uh, worldwide and, and willing to kick everybody under the bus yeah. in order to preserve their notion of white identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're right. You know, it's you know you can go into rural areas and say, well, I'm not from that, so I don't know those people. Mm-hmm. But really, all of us have conservative members of our family. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, and do we talk? No, we because we're taught like that leads to a brawl at Thanksgiving. So we don't <laughs> talk about that, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> we tiptoe around this stuff. Yeah. We don't see them 
as white identitarianism mm. is, right? We mm-hmm. don't see them. We see them as conservative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, what is it that they're trying to conserve? Yeah. What is it they're t- what that look at the root of the word conservative? Yeah. What is yeah. it that they are trying to conserve? Well, I mean, you can argue that it's a, it's it's a la la land definition of America that an America that never existed, but there are parts of it that did exist, yeah. right? Yeah. Like segregation. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah. yeah. Uh like, you know, uh anti-immigrant um laws and sentiment like um you know uh pro- you know prohibiting women from exercising uh, their right to fundamental health care mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. of that so you raise an interesting question and i think it's one really worth pondering and i must confess to not having pondered it as deeply <laughs> as i might perhaps because it's uncomfortable for yeah. me yeah you yeah yeah it is definitely uncomfortable, but it is where we have to go because, you know, right now, not only, you know, this is not just about African-American women feeling wounded no. by the fact that white women turned out for Donald Trump, uh, while African-American women, many of whom had reservations about the, the record of Hillary Clinton on certain things, turned out to the tune of, I think, 94%. Yeah, it was 94%. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, we're doing what they felt they needed to do to save the nation from Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is a big question. And it is a question to explore who is, you know, if you want to get into the mechanics of politics and, you know, the 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 efficient use of resources, who mm-hmm. is persuadable? How do we identify who might be persuadable? And, and that's the question, you know, because I think that one of the things that we have to do is start one by one. Right. You know, there, there can be small conversations and small things that you can get someone to um, turn on or think another way. There is no all or nothing. Right. In any of this stuff. But you can say, hmm, you know, I know that we can kind of negotiate on immigration. Right. Right. You know, I know that there's some things that um, aren't right about a Muslim ban. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Um, that you can that you can have that conversation with that friend or that relative or that it won't it can't be all or nothing. Right. right. It won't it will never be all or nothing. But you can you can start to have those conversations if you know that someone can that, that someone is open to thinking of about something another way, open to understanding the history of oppression and discrimination in in this country, open to, um, you know, learning that the way that they might have thought about a situation may not have been the correct way, then I think that we can broaden the scope of how we, um, you know, start to uh, resist in this country and, and start to move the needle to where people can can think about stuff differently. Yeah, I think you're right, but I think that there's another piece of it, and it's that we need more more white people need to make an effort to know people who are not white. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because it really isn't until you are among people who are not like you that you can, uh, and you start to know them and you start to like them. Yeah. That 
you know, this is how this is how the LGBTQ movement really won the day was by outing, right? Mm. By outing, you know, outing themselves, mm-hmm. right? National mm-hmm. Coming Out Day. Then all of a sudden, somebody knew somebody. Yeah, yeah. Somebody knew somebody who was gay or trans or bi. Uh, somebody in their family. Until you know, we are willing to um, figure out. Uh, you know, how to to get out of our silos, our bubbles. Because let's face it, America is still a very segregated nation yeah. in many, many ways. Yes. And, and, you know, some of that's the natural tendency of people to want to, you know, live with people they're comfortable with. Sure. Uh, and, a, and a lot of it is the historical, you know, remnant, not even remnant, the historical, you know, structures of racism that still exist. Right. Right. Redlining, you know, all of that kind of stuff that kind of regulates where people live and and economic oppression as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that there is there is that it needs to be. Um, and, 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 you know, it pains me to say we should have to coerce, you know, and coax and spend our energy <laughs> convincing <laughs> my sisters <laughs> that real people's lives, including theirs, yeah, yeah, are at stake in this. Um, yeah. That is a painful, but but in the terms of the practicality of politics, it really it really does have to happen yeah and we have to uh and, and this is one of the things about organizing and organizing in the progressive movement the greater progressive movement that i think when people talk about building infrastructure they're always the you know the infrastructure of politics the infrastructure of a movement there's always people commentators pundits you know organization leaders um you know, usually male ones, mm-hmm. uh, saying, oh, well, they're looking at the right wing and saying we should replicate their model because the right wing model has been so effective. Yeah, yeah. But they're a different movement. They're different people. They move in different ways than we do. Yeah. And what we need, really, if donors really wanted to to to, to facilitate uh, the success of what has started, they would create spaces. Mm-hmm. Spaces that are dedicated to meetings and uh, and and gatherings and uh, places for people in the progressive movement to take part in, uh, but but all all factions, all 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 people. So then you have cross pollination. Then you have people meeting each other. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, this was evidenced by by the fact that. Um, you know, the leadership of the March on Washington was intersection intersectional. I mean, you've got three leaders of color, Tamika Mallory, Linda Sarsour, and Carmen Perez, right. who helped take this from a group of women who were saying, let's march to a <laughs> multi-continent <Pretending a> event. <laughs> I mean, this this was, you know, the, this was a lesson in success. You know, three women of color led a multi-continent event. It was the largest march um, that U.S. led to date mm-hmm. to protest uh, an individual an individual's actions. I mean, you know, this was huge. This was brilliant. This was so brilliantly executed. And and you know, I mean. With all due respect to the women whose idea was like, hey, <laughs> it reminds me of the Mickey, the Mickey, 
Mickey Rooney um, uh, movies where it's like, hey, kids, let's make a show. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's watch on Washington, which is a great idea. Yes. You know, a great idea. And let's give props to them for that. But they didn't have the organizational you know, uh, a background right. to pull it off, especially well, when it took off like crazy, like wildfire on social media. And that's the thing. I mean, they didn't have the organizational background. And they also, um, according to the original, um, you know, platform of the march, wasn't intersectional. It didn't include, that's right. um, you know, issues that were specific to women of color. So mm-hmm. the fact that these three women went on and on board and created a platform where all women could say, thank you. These are the things that I um, are w- am willing to fight for. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are the things that I'm willing to protest for and to go down to Washington, D.C. to march for, mm-hmm. um, I think says something. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. And the other part of it, the other part of it is the stuff that's always considered to be, you know, uh, kind of guy territory, which was the logistics. Well, and and that's the thing, you know, the funny thing you you say that Janae Ingram was the logistics person for this march, and your piece, uh, I, I'm I'm loving this the the title of this piece, "Hold the Mansplaining: The Resistance Is Being Led by Women," where you <laughs> initially say that you're so, you're glad that that men came, but uh, you know it, this will be led by women. Well, because you know I was prompted to write that after seeing. The the still from the CNN coverage of <laughs> yes. of eight men and, and one, one woman, woman yeah. as their commentary panel, mm-hmm. uh, and then you know even in my own outlet, the American Prospect, you know the next day there was a piece by two men saying, mm-hmm. okay, well this was a great march. Now you now here's how you build the movement. Like, yeah. where's the movement? And I'm like, really. I'm yeah. like, really? Yeah, yeah. Did you just see what happened? <laughs> and you know what? Those women, not only the, those leaders, Tamika Mallory, um, uh, Linda Sarsour, and Carmen Perez. Uh, yes. Not only, and um, the uh, logistics person, Janae um, Ingram. Yeah. yeah. Um, not only were they confronted with... Uh, probably about 500,000 more marchers at least in Washington, D.C. that yeah. had been uh, anticipated. Yeah. They made that work. You know, at that rally, there was a point at which the marchers were chanting, uh, Let's march, 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 yeah. march. Yeah. And there was nowhere to march to because the avenues to the White House where the march was intended to go were already full of protesters. Mm-hmm. That could have gone badly. That could have really, you know, come apart. Mm-hmm. And it did not. Yeah. It did not. They, you know, they managed the situation to have that many people come to one city. And we're a small city. We're a city of 600,000 people. Mm-hmm. So, so more than the population of our city <laughs> came to the city. This is a big deal. Yeah, and they made it work. And and I just cannot uh, appreciate those women enough. And I'm not saying to men don't get involved in the resistance. That you know, I might have been a little angry when I wrote that. Maybe a little angry, but. The thing is, women have been organizing from time immemorial, especially women of color and especially African-American women. Yeah. And, I mean, women organized the civil rights 
movement. They just weren't uh, uh, permitted in those days to be the face of the movement. Yeah. And black women organized the Black Lives Matter movement. That's right. So, you know. That's right. That's right. And and let let us not put that sexism on African American movements either. I mean, this is tr- this was actually uh, this was absolutely true of the of the anti-war movement mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, as well. So, you know, um but the thing is that um you know, don't mansplain to us. Don't tell us what we need to do. Did you see what happened in those streets? I did. I think yes. the movement yes. is, has been built. Yes. And you and I went to side events. You know, there was all kinds of organizing taking place. Yep. You know, even before the march concluded in churches and in the MLK library in, in, in Washington, D.C., there and, and, and in spaces all over the district. Um, people were being signed up to run for office. People were signing commitments to do activism within their home communities. People were engaged in discussions uh, about what does intersectionality mean, you know? So, um, so I, I'm sorry for my tone. I just got so irritated. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, I, but I, I do. I think that you know, this is a movement which, um, like you said earlier, you know, people for the first time decided to go down and protest. Even if they didn't protest, protest in Washington D.C., they protest in their own respective cities. So you've got a structure here that you you don't want to let go of. Right. And, um, you know, this could be something where people, um, you know, in their respective cities create offshoots to really drive the um, movement and really drive how uh, things are legislated in their own states. Right. And it does have to be leveraged and it does have to be leveraged in the moment. And, you know, with all due respect to 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 the men who... who... <laughs> <laughs> explained <laughs> mansplained to us that we need to build a movement <laughs> what to do to go forward you know yeah. you know i mean i think this was their point and i do take that point that it does need to be but we knew that I mean, yeah. we know that yeah you know and but it it's true it does need to be leveraged it does need to be held together and we know that this president is going to give us plenty of reason to hang <sighs> together i mean you know what you what you're saying about you know smaller communities having their own events my my very best friend from third grade um you know she brought her daughter to the march her grown daughter mm-hmm. And meanwhile, her mom was home in Westfield, New Jersey, <laughs> marching <laughs> yep. with her best friend, and yep. they're in their 80s. Yep. You know? So, so yes, it's, um, it is a moment, and it does need to be seized, and we do have to build new structures. But women know how to do that, and women excel at social media. I mean, that's not, you know, that's the, not the only way to build movement, and you can't build movement through social media alone. We need to be in spaces together. This is how we roll. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think that, you know, like like you're saying and, and your uh, earlier piece on how feminism needs to change in general speaks to that point as well, is that we need to change the way we structure how we build movements. Yes. And like if you're if you're a, a white activist, you know, um, trying to get something started in your hometown, why don't you ask a local African-American church if you can use their facility together? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And invite 
or yeah and 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 join up with different organizations organizations that already have stuff going on and if you look at the guide that i think is really really helpful indivisible um that was you can just just google indivisible and organizing yeah um and there's a pdf guide for movement building that makes this point if if there are already structures in place you know, there are already organizations in place whose goals are in alignment uh, with the resistance. Then, then join that. Yeah. Don't start from scratch. If there's nothing, then you start from scratch. Yeah. Well, and and that's what you know. One of the posts that uh, one of the posters, I, I guess, that went viral um, this weekend was the sign that said, "Hey, nice white ladies. Um, so we'll see you all at the next Black Lives Matter protest." <laughs> And I think that's true. I mean, you know, you know, this was great. Again, this was great to protest, you know, general, quote unquote, equality Mm -hmm. within the United States. Right. But when it comes to those smaller protests and those protests, not necessarily smaller, but But when those those specific, specific, right, specific protests that deal with equality on a certain aspect. Mm -hmm. On the day to day level, mm -hmm. like, you know, when 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 a transgression occurs. Right. Boom. You know, and you've got to mobilize. People. That's when you have to mobilize. Yeah, and I think that's that's the point that people were trying to make this past weekend as well. Is that, hey, you know, we've got a a, a bunch of stuff going on. There's a, a lot of stuff that that happens within uh, persons of color's community, various communities where they are, you know are seen protesting. So. Uh, you know, we need to see everyone out for those other protests of, as well. Yeah, I agree with you entirely. I agree with you entirely. And uh, so I think we've got we've got a heck of a lot of uh, work to do. And despite all of the, you know, the the the, the nettles along the way that we have experienced, I, you know, I am just so. I'm just so proud of everybody who turned out for this march. You know, to see women in, you know, in their 70s and 80s, to see disabled people. Yeah. You know, I mean, this was a big this was this was a big deal. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. Oh, Adele, thank you so much for joining me today. Adele Stan, she's a contributor for The American Prospect. Her recent pieces, Feminism is not over, but it needs to change. She also has a piece out called Hold the Mansplaining. The resistance is being led by women. Thank you so much, Adele. Really appreciate it. I always appreciate talking to you, but really appreciate um, your insight from the Women's March. Always great to be with you, Andrea. All right, so that is it for the show today. I want to thank uh, Adele Stan from The American Prospect. Her pieces on mansplaining and the Women's March uh, were just amazing. So I want to thank her for joining me today to talk about the Women's March and to reflect on what happened this past weekend. All right, that is it for Enlighten Me. You're listening to WERALP 96.7 FM. Ongoing support for WERA's operation and programming is provided by a generous underwriting grant from Gary R. Thayer, promoting innovation and excellence in community-based, independent radio broadcasting for the digital age. And by Main Street Bank, growing communities and helping customers achieve their goals. More information on the web at mstreetbank.com.